0: Hello, loony listeners, this is episode 2 of Into the Night, a Mood Knight podcast. Coming from the overvoid, I'm one of your hosts, Ray.
1: I'm your other host, Connor. This week, it's all Defenders Heart, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe again. Marvel team up annual 4, issue 2 of Lemire's run. So grab 8 issues, sit back, relax and get your conchu on.
0: Right, loony listeners, we are back, episode two, um, and this is a bit of a special week. Uh, it's Defenders Week. By the time this podcast comes out, Connor, are you looking forward to the Defenders?
1: Uh, I mean, what's it been two years in the making now? I couldn't be more excited. I think this will just be maybe even the best out of the five series we've got so far. Just couldn't yeah. be more excited. Just, oh. just, just. I'm just there.
0: I'm definitely. Just, I just can't wait myself. Yeah, it has been has been a big build-up. Um, started all the way from Daredevil, um, two of their season, two of the seasons of Daredevil, and then we've got Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. Uh, it's just a big culmination. So we're really looking forward to it. Um, from a Moon Knight point of view, uh, there's been a lot of talk of Moon Knight actually being involved in Netflix. Not necessarily the Defenders coming up this week. But uh, there's been a lot of speculation, Connor, I think, with Moon Knight possibly popping up in the near future.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Reyes sent me some links. I'll, I'll claim no investigative
0: <laughs>
1: claims over this information. But, yeah, there's been some articles popping up about um, what people want and things to read into for Defenders, and few of them have our good friend Moon Knight, specifically Marvel Knights and Shadowland, which... Maybe not feeling so much Marvel Knights just yet, but definitely mm-hmm. I'm feeling a Shadowland influence on Defenders coming up.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a Shadowland vibe, uh, if not for the fact that we've got the hand predominantly as the enemy, so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll see come Friday the 18th uh, what the Defenders will be like, but... Um, On the news front, it's been pretty lean uh, the last few weeks with Moon Knight stuff, so Connor and I have kind of dug up the latest articles, uh, and they are more Defenders related, Mm. so hence we thought we'd make this a Defenders episode. Uh, The first one was uh, a recommendation for nine comics to read, um, as Connor mentioned, uh, to, to prep yourself for the Defenders Um, So, first off on that list was Shadowland, which we mentioned. Uh, Moonlight had a, I thought, a pretty good run in that, because uh, his solo mini-series off that main arc uh, was quite interesting.
1: Yeah, I I think I revisited Shadowland about a year ago, and I think out of all of them, that's probably the best, even better than the main series, so I mean, I I wouldn't mind taking a few cues from that.
0: Yeah, I think, I think apart from Shang Chi as well, just personally, oh, yeah. uh, and and just seeing uh, Daredevil as the the badass, which seems to be a recurring theme that we've got Captain America now in Secret Empire. Apart from that, yeah, I think Moon Knight was by far the most interesting. Um, we had some big things happen uh, in that Moon Knight limited series. Like one, for instance, we were talking off air about. Um, about marlene and her being pregnant which is one of the one of the big things in the moon knight uh, canon and she actually loses her her child through randall specter and and this all happens in Shadowland as well
1: yeah i mean we were even speculating on that possibly tying into the um crazy runs in the family for legacy mm-hmm. so definitely i mean on the defenders front when it comes to moon knight i'm um, as much as I'd love to have him in there, I'm not feeling a full appearance, possibly. I think mm-hmm. the fact that, what is it, these eight episodes will cover a whole 24 hours, 48 hours?
0: That's right, yeah, it's a very short time span, isn't yeah. it?
1: Yeah. Let me just get that up. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking we'll get a little bit of a hint, whether it be a Spectacore building <laughs> or a, <laughs> Gina's diner, maybe even in Crescent in the background is like the animated shows used to do where... You'd watch an episode of X Men: The Animated Series, and Punisher's rifle would be in the background somewhere. Eamon, yeah, I think the,
0: um, I think possibly d- there's definitely potential for Jenna's Diner, and uh, I had a little conversation with with Connor and and some others about possibly seeing Spectacore in Doctor Strange, which I watched last night. But that's certainly doable. But just having, even just the branding or the logo somewhere in the background. Um, also, Jake Lockley, we've mentioned before. Being a cab driver, mm. that would be, I mean, be that will be great, even even if uncredited. You know, you see a guy with a with a dodgy moustache and a and an handicap <laughs> hat on. <laughs> you know, you'd get a lot of speculators going, "Hey, that's that's Moon Knight." But I agree. I think I think forty eight hours or however long the eight episode time span is going to be, I think there's just not enough time there to fully introduce Moon Knight in there. Uh, I think fans want to see him in there, but I think realistically. Uh, would only get uh, just a, a small easter egg at best
1: yeah and i mean that that is a bit unfortunate but i think defenders as a show is kind of how um mcu has their phases this is kind of the end of the first era moving on to the next i feel like there'll be a big status quo jump at the end of Defenders season one that maybe sees like maybe even there we see that little glimpse of moon knight because, I mean, likewise, I don't think we'll see the Punisher in Defenders all that much until possibly the final episode, but I think there'll be mm-hmm. teasers of what we can expect.
0: Yeah, do you think we'll see the Punisher in the Defenders? I have a, just reading some articles online and, and, and people talking about it, I have an impression that he's kind of almost, almost guaranteed that he'll show oh. up. Is, do,
1: do you do you get that vibe or... Uh, no, like, okay. that's why I was so sort of kind of... You know, not seeing Moon Knight, I didn't think we'd even see uh, Punisher as well. Okay. But I mean, I, I suppose he's got old beef with the hand when it comes to the end of season two.
0: Mm. And he's got the series coming out in October, November, so maybe it will just be one of those post cred things like we saw with Luke Cage uh, popping up. Uh, when was that? At the end of um, either Daredevil season two or at the end of Jessica Jones? Jessica I can't Jones, remember. yeah. Yeah. Well, it's. It, Potentially potentially there, but... um, So these... Sorry, Looney's going back to it. This article with the uh, nine uh, comic books to kind of get you primed for Defenders. The first one was was Shadowland, which was an obvious, as a given. Uh, The second one uh, goes into Marvel Knights, um, so numbers 1 to 15, and I do believe uh, Moon Knight actually appears more so... (coughs) Is it from five? I think five onwards. Yeah, and, uh, and a
1: bigger role in the latter half of that as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Have you read these ones, Connor, as well?
1: Yeah, I think um, Marvel Knights was actually maybe even the first appearance of Moon Knight. I read that wasn't his own ongoing series. Ah. And um, the Punisher, whether we see him or not in the Defenders, is a pretty integral part to Moon Knight. Because I'm pretty sure that's how we'll see him lace In like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if. He makes his appearance in Punisher, possibly.
0: Mm. He's definitely the Punisher. Definitely, definitely is like a connecting tissue um, uh, between the characters. Obviously, the relationship the Punisher has with Daredevil uh, is kind of well documented. He's kind of they're kind of both chalk and cheese, uh, and also the fact that the Punisher, to me, is similar to the Hulk. Um, obviously, a bit of an antihero. Um, can be seen as as been doing good, but he really does rub the other heroes up the wrong way. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Marvel Knights uh, showcased uh, the Defenders in it, so you've got not only Moon Knight and the Punisher, but there's there was Daredevil in there, um, there was I- Iron Fist, I believe, um, Black Widows in it as well, uh, even Shang-Chi and Cloak and... Chi. Yeah, and Cloak and Dagger, so... Uh, there's a, you know, there's a a tentative connection there with the Defenders, again, through Marvel Knights, but it's one of the recommended reads to kind of get you into the Defenders. Uh, Again, hopefully, with Moon Knight being there, it's kind of like an an indirect way of saying that we're we're hoping Moon Knight will be in Netflix um, shortly, too.
1: And then, if we move second onto that list, we have Immortal Iron Fist Mm -hmm. Issues 7 to 13, Mm -hmm. which, um, I mean, I don't actually remember that much of Immortal Iron Fist. Like, I, I I remember a lot of the first arc and how much I loved that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm, um, I'm rereading it now as well. I've got the, uh, the the first half of the complete uh, collection, so volume one. Uh, it's just great. It's one of those things that you can kind of reread over and over again. So mm. I slowly went through my Matt Fractions Hawkeye and uh, just going through Iron Fist now as well. And, of course, this is an obvious connection to get you prepped for the defenders uh these particular issues issues 7 to 13 of immortal iron fist i don't believe features moon knight at all but (laughs) you you know (laughs) uh, it's still kind of connected to him through the defenders uh right after that we have alias volume one which was a, a very very popular run by brian michael bendis and michael gados um it was a, it was a Max series as well. Um, I actually haven't read this. Have you read this, Connor?
1: Oh yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's real it's real good. vendors. like this is probably his glory days when this was coming out. Oh, a little, like, just a general reread, mm-hmm. and a lot of this actually a a lot of this wasn't so much used in the first Jessica Jones season. Okay. The what was taken from Alias was basically the last two volumes of the series. So. I think they're counting on a bit of that first arc to be in. Defenders, you know, the issues one to nine.
0: Oh, okay. And what do you do? You remember uh, what mainly happens in one
1: to nine? Um. Well, I, I think it was a lot of Jessica Jones sort of investigating parts of the Marvel universe. So a lot of the issues were having to find up maybe like dirts on some heroes or mm-hmm. something connected to the heroes that she would go deep undercover to find out about mm-hmm. like the um Purple Man wasn't Purple Man I think has a few references in these but he's arcs the last volume of that series I think
0: okay and we'll see anyway later on I think one of our comics that we're going to do for this Defenders special which is Marvel Team Up Annual Number 4 features the Purple Man uh, and we'll see that he's Uh, Different still, uh, as well, to the TV iteration. Um, Very suave. Very suave. Uh, But with Alias yet, again, uh, no real connection, more more of a connection to the Defenders, nothing too much on Moon Knight there, other than, look, Bendis did a Moon Knight run as well, so you can kind of chalk that up to a bit of a connection. Um, The next one we have is Daredevil issues 190 to 191. Um, so this has much to do with Elektra, uh, and again, look very little on Moon Knight. Uh, again, Connor, have you have you read this by any chance?
1: Is this um, is this the was this the Frank Miller arc? Like Elektra returning in that, or was that
0: post Frank Miller? Oh uh, yeah, I'm not too sure on this one actually. Um, I'm just having a quick look at the blurb here. Uh, it's definitely, oh, I don't know, it definitely looks like his kind of sort of era. But I'm not too sure. She. Electra seems to come back again and again. <laughs> so
1: I yeah. kind of lose track. Yeah, this is um very much. This was the first resurrection of Electra yeah, okay. out of the possibly 200s in the comics. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this, this was a very influential arc for Daredevil. And I can imagine a lot of this in Defenders just because it. The death of Electra basically destroyed Daredevil in those um, Frank Miller issues, and then her return was just as gut-punching.
0: Yeah, and I see here as well, it uh, features Stone, who we saw in the early episodes of Daredevil, only like one episode, I think it was episode yeah. seven of season one. Uh, just the back of him, you see him and Stick talking. Uh, apparently he features in these issues as well, so I think there's a connection there with the Chaste, um, which... Uh, stick is uh, a part of, and which is kind of like the the immortal enemy of the hand.
1: Yeah, I imagine that very much going to be in Defenders. Mm-hmm. Which is and then next on the list, we have Power Man and Iron Fist, 50 to 54. A very classic cover. I think I've mm. seen
0: that cover from the Essential Collection. They've used that a lot for uh, the collected uh, comics. Um, so... This has got the classic uh, pair of Chris Claremont and John Byrne. Again, look, hey, there's no real connection to Moon Knight here, <laughs> um, but it it would be a good primer for the um, the Netflix show coming up.
1: Yeah, um, and this was the that cu- that was the first big jump into the new series, Power Man and Iron Fist. You know, that's technically the issue one because forty eight and forty nine were um, Power Man, just called. Oh wow. Power Man. I'm uh, pretty sure, yeah. Either that, or it was called Luke Cage. Here for Hire. One of the two, but yeah. Yeah, right. Fifty was where it got the tagline and Iron Fist.
0: So Iron Fist actually, well, finally, kind of gets a bit of a, um, a bit of a part of the spotlight, I guess, which is good.
1: Yeah. Well, at the time, it was a, uh, you know, Power Man was about to be cancelled at issue fifty, and Iron Fist was about to be cancelled issue eighteen, so they just smushed them together into one run.
0: Ah, and it proved to be quite successful. I, I yeah. must. I must assume, because they're still here now. They're such a different, they're such a, a like a contrasting pair. I like If you think about
1: it, it's just, they're very, uh, you wouldn't match them, would you? Yeah, I mean, I have no idea where they got the idea to just, I mean, swash them together to save them from cancellation, mm-hmm. but what do these have in common? It's like yeah. pairing up Moon Knight and Spider-Man for their, Fifty issue run. Yeah, well, well,
0: these two, uh, Luke Cage, very much the black exploitation, and oh, yeah. yeah, and Iron Fist, uh, more leaning towards that kung fu era, I guess. With with Bruce Lee being quite popular in the media at that time, um, and then cashing in with that and uh, um, Deadly Hands of, oh, sorry, what is it, Master of Kung Fu? Um, so with Shang Chi, he had an early comic run as well, and I think they tried to cash in on. On uh, the martial arts kind of craze at that time, and rightly as you say, they they smushed them together. Both of them probably were were failing, but together, I guess they they kind of consolidated a particular fan base, or actually combined the fan base together.
1: And the next up, we have the all new Defenders run, which uh, Bendis has confirmed Moon Knight will be pe- appearing in.
0: Oh, has he? Fantastic! Yeah, I'm. Re- He's, um, yeah. Ooh. I'm really enjoying this run. I don't know about you. It's uh, it. It gets kind of mixed reviews, but look, maybe I'm just a sucker for um, <laughs> something that's connected to the TV show. But this is a lot of lot of fun, and the art is uh, David Marquez is brilliant in this.
1: Yeah, I sadly, I sadly trade weighted it, but I mm-hmm. could all be catching up just to get that uh, Moon Knight issue because the latest issue was Punisher. Yes, uh, which w- was confirmed, and yeah, I'm pretty sure Moon Knight's supposed to be the next.
0: Oh, I wouldn't doubt it as well off
1: appearing next
0: <laughs> I think Bendis really loves his street level characters and, and Connor it is definitely trade worthy so I'm just getting the di- oh no I'm not actually I'm getting the floppies I was about to say I'm, I just get the digitals but I'd be <laughs> keen to get the, the trade once it comes out it's just the art I mean you just can't go past it and the writing's, writing's good so far uh, I like how Bendis is um, written in Frank Castle in there there's a bit of humour still uh, I know there's one point in it um, that one of our friends, Rebecca, is not too keen on what happens to Iron Fist, I think, in the latest issue. But, uh, yeah.
1: Cool, okay. <laughs> but, uh, sorry? Bendis never been known to treat uh, Iron Fist well.
0: <laughs> yeah, he seems to have a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a grudge, I guess. He loves Jessica Jones, obviously, and I think he's got a, a little connection with, um, or uh, an affinity with, with Daredevil. But uh, this is a great series. Obviously, it's, it's a direct... Uh, reference to the tv show so if out of all these books you just go for the 2017 defenders you're bound to be well prepared for the show coming on the 18th of august
1: and then next up we have a book i've neither read nor heard of mm. daredevil dark knights issue six to eight <laughs>
0: I can't say I've seen the cover or heard of this. Uh, there've been many kind of titles of dark nights or dark days or um, you know end of days, but I yeah I'm quite unfamiliar with this. Uh, and just quickly skimming through this article, uh, written by uh, Jimmy Palmiotti, who is actually he actually used to write a bit of uh, the Punisher in the '90s, mm. I know. Um, and it says you get some cameos by Colleen Wing. Along with Misty Knights, Knight. so it's a bit of a Daughters of the Dragon kind of spin there. Um, but uh, which I hope, actually, incidentally, for the the TV show, I am hoping there's a, some synergy there between um, Jessica Henjwick, is it, and Henwick, Henwick and um, oh my God, Simone Missick, yeah, I'm, I'm, yes, yeah, I'm yep. really hoping that there's some synergy there. I, people are, are shouting out for Daughters of the Dragon. Just as much uh, as for Dead, uh, as for Moon Knight, so <laughs> so it'll be great to see. Um, and then after that, uh, another kind of recent title that they've um, suggested is Power Man and Iron Fist, the 2016 run by David F. Walker. Uh, now this was a great run, I thought. The art was um, uh, was polarising for a lot of people because uh, it's quite different. But uh, Sanford Green, I think, is he really added a lot of. Uh, I don't know a lot of zing to this this series.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was my favourite part of that run, which sadly got cancelled before its time. But yeah, I mean, for nothing else, I think it's worth checking out for the Sanford Green pencils and colours mm-hmm. by um, I don't even know how to say that name, Luffridge.
0: Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Luffridge, Luffridge, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it's yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty weird, uh, humorous book. Uh, are you? collecting luke cage or iron fist currently connor
1: uh, i am collecting the heck out of iron fist i'm absolutely adoring that yeah. it. it probably has some of my favorite art on the stands at the moment the fight scenes are beyond amazing but i haven't checked out luke cage okay
0: i couldn't agree with you more iron fist is just really hitting it out of the park for me i think it's one of the one of the um top marvel titles that i'm currently getting as well i highly recommend it i i I would suggest that that goes on this list as well. Uh, if you're if yeah. you want to watch Netflix, uh, get a good sense of the martial arts um, and aspect of Iron Fist, then definitely pick that up. Luke Cage is good as well. Look, look, maybe I'm a bit biased, but I I didn't I don't mind it actually. The the art is a lot more simple, uh, a lot more stylized, but the story is interesting. It goes into just briefly. It goes into um, uh, Dr. Ber- Bernstein um, and how Luke isn't the only experiment that uh, he had worked on. So there are other kind of, um, uh, what do you call it, um, bulletproof-skinned people uh, Ooh, around. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. So it's de- definitely worth checking out as well, I'd say, those two. Um, so those were those were the comics, I guess, that they recommended for the Defenders series. And the other thing that we had... Um, posted as, as a bit of news <laughs> uh, was a YouTube uh, clip called Top 10 Things We Want to See in the Defenders um, Now, did you have a, a chance to have a look at this, Connor?
1: Uh i have not but i do know what number three is and Mm -hmm. that's our boy moon knight yep that's exactly the the only reason why we've kind of added this onto the
0: news (laughs) is because basically it validates what we want and that's moon knight in the netflix shows Um, so as rightly the the video goes um it'll be great moon knight will be a great fit for netflix uh he'll bring a different angle being uh, insane basically and and Having that tie-in with uh, almost the spiritual, um, with Conchu, uh, as well. So uh, it's it's a great list. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, There are top ten things that they that you know we want to see on the defenders, uh, ranging from number ten Sigourney Weaver as a as an enemy who I'd think would be really great. We still don't know much about her. Um, Have you read up? Yeah, which is probably
1: the most exciting part.
0: Like apparently she gets her hands dirty as well, so I'm I'm just I just can't wait to see that because she kind of every time you see her at the moment she looks very calm and cool and collected, uh, well dressed. So if she's tackling four street level heroes, I just love to see what she can do. Uh, number nine is also Claire taking on a bigger role, which uh, in Iron Fist, a lot of people were saying she tended to be a, a little annoying in that season. Did you um? Did you pick that up, Connor? I, I
1: I felt the first episode she was a little shoehorned in, but uh-huh. I think she was fairly integral to that plot. Like I I, I don't think annoying more of a yeah. Maybe you could make an argument for plot device, but yeah, I, I think I think she's great all round in whatever she's in. Yeah, I, th- I think
0: she's great. Um, I think the problem was that it was the fourth series, um, fourth di- different series that she turned up in again, and there was that question of. Well, she knows Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. Why doesn't she tell Iron Fist about them, or, or kind of get them to help Iron Fist out by the time oh, we see her yeah. in Iron Fist? So there, there was a little, a little uh, you know, slack her way in that sense. But she's definitely a, a plot <laughs> device, yeah, and like she's definitely a um, a an Agent Coulson or a Nick Fury, I guess, for the Defenders world. Um, the other thing we want to see is the Iron Fist costume. Do you reckon that will... Do you, do you think we'll see that, Connor? I, I, I'm not too sure.
1: No, I don't... I don't think so. Yeah. But they'll probably be... I'm, I'm guessing they're probably saving that for the big... Uh, Iron Fist Season 2. That's the one. Mm. Well, my mind.
0: there was a poster which showed him having at least some collars. You know, the high green collars? And one yeah,
1: of he... It's it's sort of a costume. I'm not sure whether they'll go further than that. Yes.
0: Yeah. So it's starting to lean towards it. I I just can't wait to see him to put the um the mask on. And I reckon there will be some connection between that and Daredevil's original mask. Or maybe Matt um suggests it to him or something. I well actually, I, I should take that back because we did see Orson Randall in Iron Fist wearing that already. So. Oh, yeah, true. Mm, so maybe he just, you know, it is the Iron Fist costume. Uh, the other thing that we want to see from this YouTube thing is um, what happens to Elektra, which is kind of a given. I think she's got a big role in it. From what I read, she she's considered a, a main cast member, so she's practically in all of the, the episodes.
1: Yeah, I, I uh, feel like maybe she'll even flip-flop to a hero in this coming well, I'm, bit. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I I think... Yeah, I don't think you can go into that expecting something small out of a. I totally forget the actor's name who plays Electra, but just Electra. Uh, El- Elodie
0: Young. Young. Yeah, she. Well, I hope so as well. I think there's a bit of a, a bit of a redemption at the end. I'd imagine that's what I can only see. Like she, she being the big bad the whole way and then kind of finding her way back. But I reckon there'll be some sort of tragedy. <laughs> uh, The next point uh, of what we want to see in the Defenders is the Kingpin. So I don't know about you, Connor, but I think it'd be highly unlikely, unless um, we get the wool pulled over our eyes like in Daredevil Season 2, I don't think uh, Vincent D'Onofrio will be here in it all.
1: Yeah, I think it's a very similar punisher situation. I mean, I... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's kind of just like a wish list, but I don't see him being put in or even kind of important when you've got, well, Sigourney Weaver beating people up in the streets.
0: Mm. There'd just be not enough room. You've got Madame Gao as well, and, um, yeah, the, I don't think there'd be enough room to fit in Kingpin. Um, but, look, I'd be happy to see him just fleetingly, you know, if he's somehow maybe a post-credit or, or something, that would be pretty cool. Um yeah, the next one would be is is damage control, and I think, again, oh, I don't think we'll we'll really see much of them. But they were kind of mentioned in Homecoming, uh, but apart from that,
1: uh, yeah. Oh, well, uh, well, in the comics, they they were really comedic. Like, in, like the damage control issue was just a bumbling bunch of idiots trying to fix what the heroes had broken. But in in Homecoming, we saw them. They were just real, real. Yeah bureaucrats, FBI sort of
0: type. Yeah. It's, um... I don't think we'll really see them unless, of course, you look at the big hole in the ground. When <laughs> someone's someone's going to have to fix it, so there might be just someone at the end, I don't know. Um, And then, number four, obviously, Daughters of the Dragon, we've discussed. We'd love to see them on there. Yeah, both, um... um
1: is it Simone Missick? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um... Jessica Henwick are already confirmed for Defenders, so they'll both be in there. Yeah. I think there's even set photos of them together already. Oh,
0: i love to see them both. I'm still waiting for Missy Knight's bionic arm.
1: I yeah. reckon that should be
0: on the list as well. Do you reckon that that will be somehow incorporated into the Defenders?
1: Yeah, well, I thought we were going to get that in bloody Luke Cage and even looked like it was going to be.
0: So. <laughs> they teased us, didn't they? Yeah,
1: that was so weird.
0: But it was yeah. I think it was definitely a case of we're conscious that you want her to have an arm, but we're not giving it to you just yet. Yeah, I look, think that's what.
1: I hope. I hope they just troll us all and give us another little tease again. But I'm not thinking unless maybe Sigourney Weaver does it, which would be kind of yeah. intense.
0: There'd be a, a lot of hands. Um, ninjas there with with swords that could, I don't know, I know she got her arm blown off in the comics but she could have it cut off, you never know um, yeah, so number three obviously the big one for us and the main reason why I've got here Moon Knight he'll be great to, to be in the series uh, number two and number one I'm just looking off the list and I've actually um, I think number two is Colleen Wing oh no, the Punisher, sorry Ooh. yeah, the Punisher, we'd like to see the Punisher on there
1: More likely Uh, than Moon Knight, I think.
0: (laughs) More likely than Moon Knight, definitely. And the big number one was Heroes for Hire. Having some sort of uh, nod towards them, you know, um, putting themselves out there as Heroes for Hire, basically, for Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Uh, I'd like to see that as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think this will be a real real status quo jump I'm guessing there may even be like a heroes for hire sign at the end of episode eight it's just kind of like oh check us out yeah you know like even- um <laughs> real cliche like a, you know the music or a big monologue playing over as we see shots of all the different heroes doing different things
0: <laughs> oh that'd be pretty cool I wouldn't mind that Oh, and we actually see their office as well. Maybe they have some sort of, you know, Daredevil's got um, uh, Nelson and Murdoch. Jessica Jones has got an Alias Investigations. Maybe they've got a bit of real estate there somewhere. At the end, with uh, Heroes for Hire.
1: Just, just replace, uh, take over Jessica Jones' office. Yeah,
0: easy as. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So, loony loony listeners, that was um, kind of like our attempt at some news, (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, and how we kind of shoehorned Moon Knight into that, but uh, look, I'm sure... Everyone listening is as well is uh, excited to see the defenders so so we are excited as well and I'll be keeping just one of the eyes open for any any Easter eggs available. Oh yeah. Um, Alright,
1: would what would you prefer, do you think? Would you prefer as little Easter eggs, Gina's diner, Jake Lockley cool. in a cab, maybe a shot of spectacle or yeah. a little bit of a shot of Moon Knight in costumes.
0: Oh, well, Moon Knight in Costume will just, I think, it will just bring the house down for, for everyone, at least in the Into the Night Facebook group, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, I'd actually like to see. There's a, a panel, I think, from Power Man and Iron Fist, where Iron Fist gets in yeah. to the back seat of a cab. I'd love to see something like that happen. And you just see this guy. He doesn't even have to say much, but if he kind of looks like Jake Lockley. Um, I just love to see that. That would just really get the fans going. Like the the, the non comic fans probably won't pick it up, and and that's probably good because it's like a little Easter egg. But I think for those that do follow Moon Knight, I think that would be really good. How, how about yourself?
1: Yeah, I think Jack Lockley's in my one. I, I, like I may even prefer that over the, the in costume, just the cheeky little city mustache and the <laughs> the, the bad cab and the bad streets.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, also as well, I think I mentioned before, you know, there could potentially be Danny Rand again as a billionaire meeting up with a certain Stephen Grant, which would be pretty good.
1: Never
0: even thought of that. So, yeah, if there are any, like, uh, fundraisers or charity events and you see some billionaires walking around, (laughs) uh, this is pure speculation, but, yeah, I'd be keeping my eye out on on a Stephen Grant somewhere.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, I guess that'll wrap up our little defenders talk
0: yeah basically Uh, that's it loonies apologies again no real big hard hitting news facts but again we'll keep our ears close to the ground and let you know as soon as we come up with something
1: yeah like I said next week no sadly not next week but the week after is usually solicitations Mm -hmm. week so maybe next week we'll finally get the announcement of Moon Knight
0: Oh, That'll be great. I think and it will be a race to who will who will see it first I guess and, and get um post something up as soon as they can. I I'm just yeah I just can't wait to hear it. Look, look we've discussed it before on the previous episodes. Um I think unless they go horribly wrong with the creative team, I'll just be excited to hear the creative team in general for Moon yeah. Knight.
1: And we'll just um, speculate for Yonks then.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. uh so before we actually hit into the main comics that we're going to view uh review today I uh, wanted to just we did mention last episode about Deadpool Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe again and how actually currently I mean we're pretty spoiled currently Moonlight is um bandying about uh as you know as we speak in the current comic comic weeks um they've got uh, three issues uh, is that right We're, we've just the third issue has just come and gone yeah this uh, week this week um, and we have the creative team of uh, Cullen Bunn as the writer who is no stranger to Moon Knight um, Connor do you, do you want to say the penciler
1: <laughs> alright let me just uh, let me just pull that uh, only up because I can it's... try and attempt it
0: yeah only because it's a um, uh, not a common name that's all <laughs> I yeah. give all the hard ones to Connor.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I kind of appreciate... I, I believe it's Dalabor Talgic? Yeah, that's Talgic. pretty good, I think. I, I, I'm not sure the is actually there. This, sorry? Uh, I'm not sure there's an, another A in there, but I'm pretty sure it's just Talgic.
0: Oh, ta- uh, I see, Talajic, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It just got... It's got the, and uh, the Inca, we have... Oh, well, the Inca, we've got Goran Suzuka... So and on colorist, uh, Miroslav Vra. Oh, that's so, how you say that. I'm well, lying. I don't have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> we'll roll with it. Edit that part
1: out. Oh. You sure? <laughs> uh,
0: but this is a good series. Like, we won't get into it too much, but uh, just as an overview, uh, three issues so far. Uh, Connor, if you can give us a thirty-second pitch so far.
1: Oh yeah. Um well, set in another alternate universe similar to the first Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe by Bon, Deadpool mm-hmm. is jumping around with his, uh, what appears to be the uncanny Avengers from the most recent um, mm-hmm. Gary run. when, from the from, from Murdoch from AIM, he hears a specific phrase that mm-hmm. turns the pages colourful and sends him on a fun spree against a bunch of enemies until it's revealed dun, 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 that he's killed all his teammates. And the Basic setup is: these murders have been going on for a while now. No one knows yeah. who it is. So a crack team of everyone's favorite, Kate Bishop, mm-hmm. Cable, Punisher, Jessica Jones, Misty Knight, and Mister Knight. Yes, are there to track down Deadpool and whatever's going on in his head with these code words.
0: Yeah, this is pretty. kick Mister Knight is pretty kick-ass in this, I must say. Um, having quickly read issues one, two, and three, uh, and. At the same time it's got the um advisory, like the warning at the front, so it's quite it's quite violent um yeah, it gets and colourfully
1: creative with the way it kills everyone
0: yeah and and it just it just doesn't stop like it it um immediately you get uh you get the likes of all the spider people, you get gambit and the x men they all just get um get wasted pretty quickly, so Deadpool's proving to be quite the quite the killing machine here but uh, I, I really do love Mr. Knight in this uh, he, he's got this sense of obviously he's in this white suit and he's got this sense of um, he's cool calm and collected. Um, but in issue three Connor he I don't know if you if you thought the same thing, but he just kicks ass in that
1: yeah, well, I mean even in the first issue he's he's the one that's not only clear calm but picks up the clues that it's the clues that it's possibly Deadpool. Mm. And then the second issue picks up that it may be a code word, not Deadpool, and just leads everyone in the right direction, you know. Yeah, he is the team. He's,
0: he's the definitely, yeah, the most active one in the, that detective group. I mean, Cable's, you know, trying a bit. Punisher actually has a bit of a role in it, but uh, Mr Knight seems to be actually leading them all, so that's, that's pretty cool to see our boy um, leading the charge there. But issue three, look, far out. He, um. He, he tangles with, with Deadpool and he actually gives him a run for his money. Uh, you don't... You don't actually see him cark it? Do you reckon he died? Or... He probably yeah. did. I mean... Yeah, everyone, I mean, probably,
1: but... This is this is Bonnie. He He's a big lover of Moon Knight. He's written him before. and mm. The uh, solicitation for issue 5 is... Guess how... Guess how this story is going to end. I dare you. So I don't think anything can be Uh-oh. short in this comic ah and uh, just to go back a bit i love the um classic playoff of punisher and moon knight going at it
0: yeah it's pretty funny no one wants to they decide to split up and um the detectives no one wants to to go with the punisher so everyone kind of teams up with someone and that that actually just leaves the crazy one <laughs> mr knight and the punisher together so they're they kind of stuck together um but yeah, I, I love their dynamic as well. Uh, there's less of a military connection, which we've seen in the '90s, that they have, which kind of brings them together. But it's more—I'm um, not sure. Actually, Frank's pretty quiet in this series. Uh, it's just more of that they're, they're thrown in together.
1: Yeah, he's a—he's a bit angry. That's kind of his character. I mean, a, a lot of this is—you know—since it's in like an alternate universe tale, it's really just a lot of fun. All the sort of main character types get played up for a a really dark sense of humour and it's a a lot of fun. And Punisher, I think Punisher is probably the most rife for for jokes when it comes down to dark humour.
0: Ah, Yeah, he's definitely, I mean, he's not even a team player, so he's kind of amongst these other detectives and you can just tell he just he just wants to get the job done, go there and kill Deadpool while the others are kind of like looking. And even in the third issue, uh, Moon Knight, when he's fighting Deadpool, he's actually not trying to kill him. Yeah, He's just trying to kind of subdue him. Um, so the Punisher you know, just wants to end it all, whereas Moon Knight or Mr. Knight wants something else. But yeah, a really fun series. So um, would you recommend this one, Connor?
1: Oh, I'd absolutely recommend this. I think... You know, you know what you're going to get with this book. You've either read the last one or you just sort of look at that, you know, front cover and the title and you, you know what this book is going to be about. Yeah. And I, I think it just takes that dynamic and just runs with it. Colin Barmer so much fun here. It's just totally it enjoyable. And the art is incredible. Um, this... Oh, look.
0: <laughs> the, the artist's name again?
1: Yeah. Um, Taljic nice. is just... Incredible! He jumps through so many different stars inside of Deadpool's crazy mind. Mm. You're looking at about five different art styles by him, very distinct and different art styles. Oh,
0: yes, that's right. It's a good point because you actually go through Deadpool's mind, right, and 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 the reality, and he definitely sees things differently, uh, and Talajic manages to kind of show that. He's, he's kind of like a one-man band, whereas um, in the second arc of Moon Knight, Lemmy, you know how they employed... Uh, what was it three, four artists mm. to to do different personalities of Moon Knight? And um, we've got Talajic here just doing it all himself. Uh, I, I love also seeing Gwenpool as well. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of her comic. I mean, I, I haven't read any of it. Um, but just the fact that it's another kind of Deadpool, gonna going up against Deadpool. So I think that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, um, we won't spoil too much else because no. it is currently on running and ongoing. Yeah. People love it, but I think if you haven't picked up the first issue, this is going to make a perfect five-issue trade. Just, mm-hmm. just fun, really.
0: Yeah, only two more issues to go, so it, it's nice and bite size, uh, and definitely worth it. Um, okay, so I think we're going to dive into uh, the two comics that we've listed for for review this episode. We're going to just spin it around a little, you know, being only episode two. Uh, Connor and I have just talked about, you know, just playing fast and loose and, and seeing what format works. Um, so first of all, Uh, we'll be tackling the Marvel Team-Up Annual Number 4 just because it has that Defenders uh, feel to it. So we're doing that first um, and then that will be followed by Issue 2 of Lemire's Moon Knight. Uh, Now, just a point of difference from Episode 1, we won't be kind of reviewing panel by panel. Um, We may well go back to it depending on... um, what we find more interesting uh, we'll, we'll just do a kind of like a, a, a Pitch as to what the comic's about And just our main I like to call them our main aspects To the comic um, And we'll we'll rate each comic at the end So uh, I reckon to start off Let's go to look at uh, Marvel Team Up Annual Number 4 um, So Conman You want me to uh, give
1: a bit of a pitch?
0: Oh, okay, actually, just before the pitch. Yeah, right. Cool. Sorry. Um, so this was released in August 1981. Uh, it's called Power Play, the story. Uh, and we have writer Frank Miller, mm-hmm. uh, who everyone knows. <laughs>
1: uh, actually, I, I think just as a point, this is um, this was pre-Daredevil days before he was actually known as a really sort of heavy-hitting, violent writer. This was when he had a very sort of fun and uh, yeah, laissez-faire w- w- Spider-Man run.
0: That would actually make sense. I didn't consider that, but yeah, I where it falls into his classic Daredevil run. Yeah, okay, I can see that because Daredevil's uh, quite quite light-hearted in this in this issue. Um, so good good pickup there, Connor. Um, we also have Herb Trimpe on, on on pencils with Mike Esposito on inks and um, George Rousis, um on colors. So. Uh, before we go into that, Connor, before we go into the pitch, um, the cover, what do you reckon?
1: I love this cover. I think it's a real classic. I, I don't know anyone who actually worked on this book outside of um, Frank Miller, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I love the... I feel like it's a very sort of... I think this cover is actually kind of famous because there's a lot of parodies yes. of this, the big purple man head and the hero sort of almost gravi- gravitationally pulled into orbit around his head.
0: Mhm, And it's also as well... I do believe one of the legacy covers. I think it's the Jessica Jones yeah. one. It actually take it pays um, homage to to this cover. So this cover must have gotten must have generated a lot of um, a lot of interest back in the day, and it, it's now like one of the classic covers. Uh, so Connor, a the pitch for this story.
1: What have we got? All right. What do we got? Well, the Purple Man is back with a new lease on life and a bit of gentlemanly suave a nice a nice purple suit. His plan to leave the life of crime, however, behind him after the recent tassel with Daredevil Mm -hmm. Uh, however, goes awry when uh, an altercation in the driving lane leaves him losing Kingpin's heroin. He was Mm -hmm. millions of dollars worth of heroin from one of his lackeys. So, um, Kingpin, somehow immune to the abilities of a purple man, Mm -hmm. never explained, um, wants his juice for his losses. Oh, it is?
0: It does pop up a bit later, but anyway, sorry, go on.
1: Once his uh wants his dues for his losses and uses Killgrave in an attempt to kill Daredevil, Moon Knight, Spider Man, Iron Iron Fist, and Power Man through Purple Man's hypnotic powers. Kind of fails, it's a good time. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's it's a bit of a fun. It's a nice fun read. Uh, similar to the last episode what we did, um, Marvel Preview. Uh, again, we're we're looking late late seventies, early eighties for this comic. So a different sort of storytelling. Um. It has none of that darkness which usually comes, you see, these days with street-level characters. Uh, and, but, but still, by all means, it's quite enjoyable. Um, so, uh, one of the main... Uh, so, look, well, one of the main aspects, I thought, um, I took from this was uh, Moon Knight being still seen as quite the outsider.
1: Yeah, um, uh, to, I yeah. thought that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's definitely... Everyone seems to know everyone. There's definitely a... A camaraderie between Spider-Man and Daredevil uh, and Power-Man and Iron Fist obviously uh, are, are well suited together uh, but there's a level of mistrust uh, with Moon Knight I find so he's definitely like the lone wolf uh, and I found that quite interesting and again from what we um, talked about previously this was in 1981 so it's only a year after uh, Moon Knight got his own series so I think he hasn't really been introduced much to the rest of the universe.
1: Yeah, but I think there is that difference of um, you know, when he made appearances before the um, mm mm-hmm. uh, started. You know, which was kind of annoyed about how, you know, people sort of misinterpret him as a more fun character. I think this yeah. one, like, as much as it isn't, you know, that sort of gritty or darkness, it still gets him right at least as an outsider.
0: Uh, yeah, it certainly does, and. What I really like about it as well is that you could you could argue that um, ultimately he's the one that really saves the day at the end. Yeah, he gives a big swing of the fist. Swing of the fist, and um, Daredevil's in trouble. Daredevil's under the spell of the Purple Man, uh, but Moon Knight manages to sneakily um, avoid the Purple Man's power, and basically he, he saves the day at the end, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, do you have one, uh, a good point, or a, an aspect there, Connor?
1: I think my main aspect was, um, sort of on the camaraderie of this issue, I found, I just found all the characters actually played off fairly well, like, this Mm -hmm. is probably the most surprising thing, is Frank Miller at this time sort of understood all of these characters and was able to make them work in a big, uh, a big team up of five characters, you know, there was a lot of interplay with, um, Moon Knight and Daredevil both actually sort of being outsiders, like... Mm Dead Evil was still seen as like the horn head at the side, and um, yeah, and um, oh yeah, and oh. then you obviously have the Power and Knife play, but Spider Man sort of hooks up with them at the end for the big climactic battle. They're swinging off into the streets,
0: yeah, a lot of web usage there, and it's still kind of um. Throwing um, witty remarks, every it it's very classic Spider-Man, which is is great to see. I agree as well. I think um, I think Miller's kind of similar in, to Bendis in the way in that um, he has a good grasp of each of the characters, and um, I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure if Miller had any. Um, well, he doesn't really have any play with Moon Knight or a Power Man Fist, but he seems to understand Daredevil and Spider-Man um, really well. Uh, so I think that that really works for him.
1: Yeah, um, and um, he has a lot of fun with these characters too. All of them have at least one joke made about them, like whether it's <laughs> Moon Knight sort of drifting in and out of the shadows of this figure's Playboy persona, and then yeah. you know, there's a lot of laughs made up at the fact of Iron Fist. looking for like proper um, representation of the kung fu inside of like a fun movie that. In Luke Cage. Oh yes.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it is pretty fun. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's a good uh, exp- explanation of the characters and and they they've got what I like about it is that they've got um, their kind of branded logo. It's like there's a little introduction to each of them, um, so it's kind of like okay, we've got this annual. Here's a team up. He's obviously Spider Man. He's on the first panel. But you got these guest stars, and whenever they're they're first seen, you see their kind of logo hit, and it's uh, yeah, just a nice touch, I think. Um, sorry?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, one of the points I will make is it, it's very um, narration light. You know, at a time even when the when all the other runs were still using big amounts of narration, even in the first Moonlight run, this was this was fairly light. It, it was kind of well told through the eye. Yeah that narration slide a bit, it was made a lot more enjoyable. I mean, still plenty of text It's the
0: 80s, yeah. but Oh, but compared to, as you're saying like uh, other previous issues of the time uh, yeah, it lets the the, um, the art speak a lot for itself, and it's, uh, which you see now these days, it, it's uh, it's not as text heavy, but um, yeah, this was definitely an like easy read, I found. It wasn't you weren't bogged too much in text um, and the visuals are quite Quite enjoyable, I think. Um, yeah. So, uh, one of the other aspects I had was it's kind of like, um, kind of like a, a little bit of a goof almost, or a continuity thing. Was Moon Knight's powers? There was this one thing where he's kind of introduced and he's spying on this pigeon um, breeder, and for some reason he knows that there's a sniper. Uh, you know hundreds of meters away and he throws a crescent dart at him uh and the sniper says if i'm just going to pull up this page the sniper says how how did you know i didn't make a. he didn't make a sound and the moon knight says my methods are beyond your understanding sniper so i don't know there's a bit of a supernatural thing there it's not really explained what do you make of that
1: yeah yeah no i I was the same sort of thing it was obviously like a you know, people were still undecided about whether he was supernatural or not.
0: Hmm. It, it maybe maybe it had something to do with him being bitten by a werewolf, but actually by that stage, and and I think the Moon Knight continuity previous was, it was very muddled, but by 1981, Munch um, had established the conchu the aspect to him, and... Uh, And there was very little to talk about him having any other um, powers of perception.
1: Yeah, there's Um, even a scene here of him sort of like leaping off a building.
0: Yeah, like Superman. (laughs) It's just neatly jumping off. So I I found that there was a bit of a continuity thing there with with Moon Knight's powers for this. So maybe Frank Miller, you know, a bit of creative license. Just, oh, look, I don't know his powers. I'm just going to suggest that he knows things. So (laughs) I found that quite interesting.
1: Yeah, well, I think if I may jump to my next aspect and go back mm-hmm. to a uh, probably maybe even my favorite part of this outside of the our Moon Knight is the uh, villains here. Mm-hmm. Our yeah, um, t- two big hitters, yeah, Kingpin and the Purple Man. The Purple Man here, interesting. Probably my favorite part is his try to give up the life of crime by um. I think it was said he was a, uh, was he was and supposedly drowned. Yeah, but he, I think
0: however he got his powers, it it kind of made him resilient, not as, um, a bit bit more resilient than a normal human, and he survived that. Uh, But then he's just kind of walking around, he's just doing his thing, isn't he? He's just controlling things willy-nilly. If anything, it has a a nice tie to the David Tennant um, version of Purple Mm -hmm. Man, in that he's very bored. Like, he... When the the idea of like you can do and you can ask people to do anything you want you can have whatever you want, it's actually inevitably not that fulfilling.
1: Mm. And I and I love the um David Tennant. Well, obviously, it's the best version of the character and what we saw in Alias. Him a very mm-hmm. creepy and gross character, but I I did love the um very stupid looking go swing on a pole Spider Man and him in a in a dumb purple suit running yeah. around just kind of trying to enjoy life again.
0: Yeah, it, yeah. He he's a bit of a loose cannon as well. I, I I like the um. Well, there's also that scene where he kind of absconds that horse and carriage, and he just picks up that that woman, and he tries to basically well, it doesn't seduce her. He tells her to kiss him, uh, but at that stage, before anything gets any goes any further, he goes, "Oh, we'll get out of the cab. So I'm not interested anymore." Terrible kisser. So, yeah. So he definitely has um. Has this amazing power, and that was actually one of my aspects as well. He's, um a very big difference from, again, the Netflix version of Purple Man. Uh, it doesn't seem to be pheromones that he's secreting to yeah. control. It's more actual his actual voice. So um, that that is actually quite crucial in the in the um, the story of how he's actually inevitably inevitably defeated. But it's also how, to to go back to your question about Kingpin, how he actually manages to not um, follow Purple Man's orders. He has those earplugs in there.
1: Yeah, but you can't actually hear anything through those earplugs. Earplugs, I don't think, so... Uh Unless you can. I
0: don't
1: know. Well, well, actually, yeah, later
0: on, Moon Knight said he couldn't, so it's it's kind of up in the air. Maybe another little goof there, a bit of an inconsistency there (laughs) in Frank Miller. Uh, but, yeah, definitely what happens at the end, um, we find, as we mentioned before, Moonlight saves the day by basically um, uh, stealing these earplugs from one of the henchmen and putting them on, uh, and being able to then just walk straight up to to um, Kilgrave and just, just bop him one. Um. Um,
1: yeah. reason. Oh, I love the obliterator. Uh, <laughs> yes!
0: Dude, yeah it's a it's a very comic booky name isn't it the obliterator cane that's pretty cool uh, but I didn't notice that at first I thought he just took out a rifle um but it's he's actually walking cane isn't it yeah, yeah, other than that for other points um well we have like historically for looking at chronology as well uh daredevil does mention that he had um locked horns with Purple Man before, and that was in issue 154 of Daredevil. Uh, and for some reason, he was able to, again, um, um, avert Purple Man's suggestions. I haven't got that that issue. I don't know if you have, Connor, as well, but I'm not sure how he did that.
1: Um. Yeah, uh, well, it's... uh. Actually, Purple Man was originally a Daredevil villain that first appeared in issue 6 of Daredevil. Um, mm-hmm. He was... I think that was the issue where he first got his red suit as well. And... Oh, okay. Yeah, or it was like the final issue where he decided to ditch the yellow one. Yeah, it's always Mm -hmm. been, um... You know, their first encounters that because Daredevil had heightened senses because it was just about, um... The purple man's voice, he could, you know, had such control of his senses that he could... Oh, okay. The hearing... The hearing his voice didn't do much effect until later in this issue said, like, his powers are doubled, hard... Yep. Daredevil. Listen
0: to me, he's idiot. <laughs> beta. Yeah, and he's uh, is it? It was it because he was using the microphone as well. He said it was amplified or something. Yeah, that was um, another
1: thing, and how it went through like the TV into the outside yeah. world.
0: Yeah. I, I much prefer um, what they came up with on Netflix. Actually, I do like that whole pheromones thing, um, and how they how they kind of enclosed him in that. Um, uh, what's the name of the you know that. Uh, oh God, what's the name of the room? That room that uh, basically. Uh, oh, the listeners will probably be be knowing. They probably know what I'm talking about. Um, in Jessica that, Jones, sorry, yes. Yeah, sorry, In yeah. Jessica Jones, where he's in that in that room, which uh, you can't hear him or nothing can go in or out. Um, I much prefer the pheromones. Oh, being yeah, the explanation sure. yeah because the the voice thing it's a bit too loose but again in the 1980s um, that was probably enough to to get people to suspend their disbelief uh, any other points there Connor
1: um I think I, I just kind of want to talk about the uh, final battle I love where at the end um, after all this big setups and permanence try to avoiding a life of crime it gives a big big superhero speech that just leads to the, the <laughs> cute little uh it's, um I thought of like sound removing sound oh soundproof 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 oh, yes. just uh Moonlight gives him a big walk on the back of the head <laughs> yes
0: very very simple way to end it all just uh the big element, just yeah, there we go. The old wok, and he's down for the count. That's all we needed, you know. Why, why couldn't he have thrown a, a truncheon or a present oh, yeah. dart at the at the beginning, <laughs> or Spider-Man having uh, I don't know th- um, shot a globule of, of web at him to knock him out? But then again, I guess we wouldn't get the 30 pages. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, but yeah, It's a lot of fun. Uh, and at the end as well, Spidey and Luke Cage and Iron Fist, they all kind of showcase their powers, um, which I think is what the readers want um, back in the day as well. With this team up, you see Luke Cage with his immense strength um, and, his, and his bulletproof skin. Um, you see Spidey obviously doing his thing with the webs and, and jumping and, and swinging. But you also, Iron Fist gets a chance as well to show off his, his uh, Iron Fist where he smashes that water tower.
1: Yeah, the very such. So he fo- uh, he resorts to a power he alone possesses as he summons his keys. And yes. Yeah, and he's trying to find the total concentration to determine the point of greatest stress in the water tower structure. <laughs> I, I kind of love that part. I love um, Spider-Man Iron Fist and uh, Power-Man banter. It's probably, it's probably my favourite part of the issue, honestly. Except yeah, at the page after Moon Knight gives him a walk, there's a very weirdly distorted version of Spider-Man. Would you agree?
0: Uh, yeah, his uh, <laughs> his head looks like a balloon. <laughs> basically, it's like one of those um, those parades where big floaty. Uh, but you know, Herb Trimp, uh a fantastic artist, who can't can't oh, yeah. deny he's he's really good. But uh, you know, something—it's it's almost just like a massive close up, isn't it?
1: Mm. I do I do love um, going back to his art. The, the actual use of shadows on Moon Knight and giving him that um, visual visual language was really cool. Really yeah. well done, actually. If any uh, any of you loony listeners are reading through the issue as as we hear, or going to read after, mm. it's
0: actually a bit of a hard one to um, to find, Connor. I um I didn't see it on Marvel Unlimited. Um, I th- I'd imagine you just have to try and track it down either digitally on Comixology or mm. Amazon. Um, otherwise. I I'm assuming it might be in a collection. Um, yeah, well, for Marvel Team Ups.
1: I don't, let me look up the. I don't think mm-hmm. that would be like a I, team up.
0: It's it's a difficult one because it's it's really a title that doesn't really belong to anyone. It would probably be Spider-Man, if anything. Um,
1: yeah, well, his is the big bold letters. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's not it's even in the up. Epic Collection, is it? You know.
0: Mm, no, so it might be in the Essential Collection, which is a black and white version. Uh, yeah. So you might be able to track it down there. Um, even there, kind of a bit hard to find these days. But it's a, it's a definitely a, an issue worth uh, investigating if you can come across it somehow. Um, yeah, if uh, yeah, so <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. At that, I've got a digital copy. Of, uh, but yeah, we'll just leave it. Yeah. We'll leave it at that.
1: Comicsology. Oh, you can pick it up in the collected edition called Luke Cage Avenger. Or you can oh, okay. just Excellent. buy it for two dollars on Comixology.
0: Oh, okay. Perfect. Well there there you go, listeners That's how on Comicsology.
1: Comixology,
0: Comixology. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, track it down. Uh definitely worth it. And if you're a Moon Knight fan, uh, you've got no excuse. He's in there. <laughs> <laughs> well right, right well,
1: we um some... oh I believe we're both on the same page here with the our little review, our little Yes Final 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 score. Final
0: Yes the scores uh I would give it look out of uh, I'll go for Crescent darts might as well uh, out of five crescent darts I'd give it um I'll give it about three
1: yeah no need so for sure
0: yeah it, it's it's not look it's not a standout it's not it's not like it doesn't blow your socks off but it is an enjoyable enjoyable issue uh, and it's definitely a, a thing of the eighties as well. Um, so if you take that in con- consideration,
1: uh,
0: it's fun. What else, uh, what better way to see all your favourite heroes together?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm going with uh, three out of five Crescent Darts for the for the same reason. You know, if if you never read this issue in your life, I don't think you'll be missing out on anything important, but I think it is pretty yeah. well for Marge because I suppose it would have been pretty exciting to read at the time Spider-Man, Moon Knight, Iron Fist, Power Man, Daredevil, all in one comic. Mm. So... um and-
0: Frank Miller does, does really well to juggle all of them. That's a big cast yeah. you're looking at. And you've got um, JJ, J. Jonah Jameson in there as well. You've got Kingpin. There's a lot of characters there to juggle. Uh, sorry, one thing I forgot to mention, one of my favourite things was, um, and I wonder if he actually ever turns up, was Kingpin's assassin uh, later on. He has an awesome name. It's uh, Heinrich von Schninkelschnapp. Uh, he, he's a guy. He's a guy with a white beard uh, that tries to kill Purple Man. Does um, he
1: appear in anything else?
0: I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to look that up. Um, loony listeners, if you are a fan of Heinrich von Schninkle uh, or if you have a page dedicated to him, please let us know because uh, I just want to know what happens to the, to the dude. He's a he's pretty badass, but he doesn't do doesn't do much in the end. <laughs>
1: I, will, uh, I think I'll end this review with a, um, a quote from Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Look, Jameson, I just saved this town, and I'll go on save, saving it. And you'll go on filling your papers with lies about me, and every once in a while, I'll get the crazy urge to rip your arms off. <laughs> There's no relevance, I just I like it a lot.
0: <laughs> I didn't realise you you're so violent. He's uh, <laughs> taking, a few less, taking a few lessons from Mooney. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I think Spider-Man is when it comes down to it. Sorry? I think Spider-Man is when it comes down to it.
0: He's violent.
1: Oh, learning from Moon Knight to violence. Oh, spit yes. ripping arms off.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Very impressionable young gentleman as um as Daredevil calls him or son he refers to him. Yeah, listen here, son. Take care of yourself. Okay, so we um that's kind of it for our uh, defenders. Uh, Coverage, we are now going to press on to issue two of Jeff Lemire's Moon Knight Run.
1: So, uh, yeah. Um, Yeah, well, um, continually written by Lemire with art still by Mm -hmm. Smallwood and colours by Belair, letters by VC's Corey Petit. Mm I think I'll pass it over to you for a little pitch for issue two. Yep, okay.
0: Um, yep, sorry, so it just released uh, May 4th, 2016, uh, and as a pitch, look, I've uh, tried to make it as brief as possible. The way I see it, um, uh, moving on from our previous episode, um, or, sorry, our previous issue, basically what we see is Mark Spector um, coming to grips with what he's kind of discovered from issue one and basically how um there there is a another world behind the world he sees and him accepting that and what i find is that there are three almost three distinct acts to this so so the the pitch is basically um planning a breakout um introduction to some new characters uh there's also a further development of konshu uh and what he is uh and then it ends with the the motley crew actually escaping the um, mental institution so that's it in basically a, a, a nutshell um, yeah what, what would be one of your f- main aspects for this Connor?
1: Well I think the most important aspects in referring to our um, big man Konchu, we find out that uh, Konchu is not only not of this world as a god but not of this world as a being we learn about something called the overvoid being, uh, beaten and electrocuted in a classic, uh, exclamation mark page by, um, Billy and Bobby. He yep. has returned to, uh, a very, a very annoyed, very, uh, agitated conchue as we find that, uh, Mark has been in this asylum for quite a while, and this asylum is in a place called The Other Void. Uh, um, collection. This sort of realm outside of realms that contains the, uh, what would be known as the Egyptian gods that uh, Conchu refers to as um, simple pawns at one point.
0: Mm. I think this is a very. I think Lemire has done really well with this. I think he's really explored and given a new twist to Conchu. I mean, what we usually refer to Conchu as just being basically a, an <laughs> Egyptian god or a deity. Um, but basically, what I found really interesting was that um, these deities uh, are basically just from another another reality, and they just influence particular people. Mm. So, not only Mark Spector, but they influence people from across the cosmos or fr- from across the, you know, the reality that they come from. And uh, they use this influence to, to control people, and I find that quite interesting, actually. Yeah, and
1: we find they do that because they're actually um, trapped in the uh, in the other.
0: Yeah. But, um, um so yeah, this uh, I put it as the kind of second act. Much of the the comic is taken to an explanation of this. So you got two, four. You got you know, about four. you You've got about six pages um, of it? Just an explanation of where Conchi comes from, and actually, it kind of brings to light a bit more, uh, a bit a bit more as to how you know what is happening with Mark. Actually, so what we get is more of a an explanation. Uh, about Conchu, and this kind of validates Mark a little more uh, in the fact that he's not entirely crazy. Um, but I love the art in this again. Actually, the most colour you get is there's a little um, uh, page there with what looks like the pyramid just floating in space, and Belair does this awesome thing with you know cosmic uh, greens, blues, and um, and reds in there as well.
1: Yeah, and, we'll, and we see, like, a visual language continued from the previous issue of that real sketchy sort of very... um, Yeah, definitely. What's it, gra- graphite sort of drawing? Yeah, I think um, so. It's, like, almost smudged as well. Yeah, of, you know, him talking with Concha inside his head, or and then it's just this gorgeous, you know, very, very sort of stated, flowing colours of space that surrounds the uh, oval, other void. Well. Oh. I'm never going to yeah. get that. That's
0: quite confusing, actually. But <laughs> but it is it is very interesting, and I like how Lemire has explored this aspect of it. Um, very, very interesting as well. Uh, look, that was one of my aspects as well, Connor. Uh, it was Conchu's origin, which, is, which I think is one of the highlights of this issue, actually, um, because what you get around that is basically Mark and his supporting cast just trying to break out of the of the mental institution. Um, One of my other big points, I'll just jump to it actually, is, and what really kind of spun me out with this issue, is that towards the end, as they're actually leaving the institution and they are heading to, they're going down into the the train station, um, is that you start, you have the likes of Crawley and Gina and Frenchie actually seeing the same thing that Mark sees yeah. as well. And I find that I found that I just thought in my head that was very disconcerting because for issue one and for the first half of this, you kinda think, okay, that's all in Mark's head. But when the others see it as well, and it ends with it as well, you have the zombies the the, uh, the mummies come out and they obviously see it too, you're kinda questioning, okay, hang on, so what is real and what isn't? It just really confuses you even more in a good way.
1: Yeah, I mean, this this whole this first arc is a whole five issues. I don't think even beyond this arc, the, the questions never stop coming until possibly the last two issues of this series.
0: Definitely, yeah. We we won't. Uh, I mean, if you haven't read it as well, we won't um, give it away. But it really does. It does leave you hanging up until the very end. Anyway, I just found that a really good twist that Lemire brings in because uh, at this point. Uh, I remember the first time I read it going, oh my gosh, that's not even... If they can see it, like, what... Are we really in this world then? And that's... that's. I think that was brilliant. Uh, any other
1: aspects there, Connor? I think outside of Conchu, this issue was, even just as an issue too, is very important for the fact that uh, Mark becomes very assured of himself, you know, He's mm-hmm. starting to realize that through Conshu Well, even before we see him interacting with Conshu for the first time in this issue, you know, Mark assured he's not crazy, and this is some freak of nature. He's calling uh, the uh, Doctor Emmett out for being the ah uh, uh, yes, the Egyptian god of um Amut,
0: Amut, yeah,
1: and um yeah,
0: and he's got that crazy look. <laughs> you know, his bloodshot eyes, and he's a bit of a sneer. He's saying, "Look, um, I'll be coming for you, Amut, as well." That's really good. He also, as well, um, one of the other big things I see is the introduction to Frenchie. So, um, Jeff Lemire, prior in issue one, you got to see a bit of Marlene, Gina, and obviously Crawley. And to round it out, we we now have Frenchie, who, similar to Crawley, actually believes Mark 100% as well and gives him his suit uh, and helps him escape. So... There's a bit of a question there as well. Um, Crawley explains that he kind of he knows that something's wrong because he basically because he's done a lot of drugs as well and, and it's kind <laughs> of opened his eyes to it. Uh, that's how he explains it to Mark. Uh, I wonder how then Frenchie uh, believes all this as well. Uh, maybe he's spoken to Crawley, uh, or maybe he's he also kind done of s- a lot of drugs. <laughs> maybe he's done a lot of drugs as well. Uh, Yeah, I I found that quite interesting as well. And Frenchie um, has a striking resemblance to a French actor, Um, Vincent Cassell.
1: Did you pick that up? No, I don't even know who that is, admittedly. Oh, okay, okay. Well,
0: um, for any movie buffs or cinephiles out there, um, and and it becomes more apparent later on in the series as well, I think Greg Smallwood has definitely fashioned Frenchie after uh, one of uh, France's... um, a-list actors, uh, Vincent Cassell, so, or Castle, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Um, but yeah, this is generally, apart from the country bit, this is generally a, uh, an escape story. Um, and it's, it's basically Mark, um, there's a really brilliant splash here of him finally suiting up. Oh, it's uh, just... And, yeah. And he basically says, we're on the clock, people, let's rock. Yeah, that's, that's just brilliant. He's he's ready to roll,
1: and I love the um, that's my boy from Konchu.
0: Yes, <laughs> so Konchu is definitely kind of there, still kind of guiding him. Uh, Marlene is still I found interesting. She's still kind of out of it, like when everyone else is kind of up and about. Would there be any symbolism there, Connor? You reckon um, from from what we know so far? I mean, not not in hindsight, but
1: would yeah, there well, any reason why she's not active. I feel like. I feel like she, well, um, what is it Crawley says that she's been drugged more heavily than anyone else. And I think it's to to keep her away from um, keep it away from Mark and not uh, not let uh, her have a glimmer of hope in her.
0: Oh, Okay, yeah. So maybe that was it, just to um, to make sure that she doesn't you know successfully team up with Mark. Um, maybe she's a bit of a um, a troublemaker as well. Little did they know that Crawley. Uh, is is just as capable of um, pulling off a, a an escape but um yeah this is uh yeah this was this was generally a, a really good series i think um what
1: would you give this a rating f- Oh, i mean there's of- just there 's just so much to be said about the the, the story we 've gone over and just how much the artworks here you know everything about mm. the last yeah. issues colors and panels and setups we went very in-depth last issue, just comes back here. Yeah, it's very consistent. And and just how they repeat that thematically, and we see the world change into that dystopian, sandbrushed version with with some zombies at the end. Yeah,
0: which... Uh, that was really unexpected I remember reading this first uh, because I'd never associated funnily enough although it being Egyptian I'd never associated like mummies or or zombies with Mark or Moon Knight Uh, but again it's a nice little uh pick up from Lemire I think of adding that in there and it's just a totally kind of um comes out of left field for you Uh, so exactly as you say I think it's the consistencies are there, there, there are things um, which are there from last issue, layout wise like the, the circles which magnify um, you know, the shot uh, also the exclamation hmm. mark in the uh, electrocution um, or the shock therapy stage exclamation
1: uh, mark spectrum i kid? kids <laughs> yeah.
0: um, and also the uh, again, the level of detail of the backgrounds, um, I can't Say enough about that, <laughs> but
1: yeah, for this uh, uh, for this issue, I mean, uh, my immediate jump for this entire series is five out of five Crescent darts. But I mean, to give mm-hmm. it, so maybe be a bit more. Special, I don't know, maybe like a, <laughs> you, you know, this is it, kind I'll of the, the big, the, the big sort of setup for, you know, the next three issues to come, and you know, obviously leading up to a big fight scene. Um, so you know what. Maybe four point five crescent Darts, but it's basically five. I mean, this is a flawless comic from the issue to issue. Yeah, just no going wrong.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I'm the same with you. I'd give it like five as well. We can break the rules, kind of. I reckon if we get even a better issue after this, I'm just going to go six out of five, right, seven we'll just out of keep five. Going <laughs> <on>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this is a really good issue. It it just keeps you involved and keeps you interested. You know, there, there are no bits that lag, I find. Um, uh, if, if you compare it to the first issue, I would probably give the first issue a bit more. Um, so I'd give it, you know, five and a half out of five. Crescent Darts, and I'd give this one five out of five. Uh, yeah. Lemire's just really paced this really well. Uh, and you can tell there's been a lot of thought in how he um, reveals information slowly.
1: I, lo- I love, uh, just on that point I love the setup of this you know, every issue in this run despite it's a big long running narrative always has it's like introduction it's complication, it's climax and you know, this the issue where you first see him suit up as Mr Knight, you know, that could have almost been the end you know, it builds up to the climax mm. but you see that and it keeps on going and then you it get does. another big cliffhanger at the end and it's just
0: snappy and by saying that actually as well You've revealed that uh, Lemire, just, he doesn't work with, with formulas, so it's not predictable uh, in yeah. any sense. You, you can't just go, okay, okay, that's it. Okay, this is going to happen. I bet this happens. Um, as you mentioned, he has something that looks like the big reveal at the end, but he keeps on going, and he keeps that interest up, and I think that's a um, sign of a really good writer, actually. Uh, um, and I just love how we fleshed out Conchu basically. It's. I find that really, if you compare it with the earlier stories and and how we kind of described in the history and overview of Moon Knight, what Munch had uh, intended for Conchu, uh, this just adds another layer totally as well. I would be really keen to see what comes of the other Void and the Over Void, like later on. Um, yeah, anyone
1: who's um, new to reading this alongside us, you know, those two things and Conchu get a very big, you know. And beginning drawing out crazy. yeah
0: it's very good indeed alright well that pretty much wraps up that review of Moon Knight issue 2 uh, a very good issue so go get it if you can it's available uh, readily available on Marvel Unlimited um, they're uh, available on um, single issues uh, it's currently in a volume 1 trade of Lemire's works uh, also Comixology as well. Uh, and am I missing anything else?
1: No, I think that's I think about that's it. That's it, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, next week, what do we have, Mr. Connor? We have Lemire issue three. Mm-hmm. And our other issue,
1: I may have forgotten.
0: Uh, the other issue, oh, yeah, we haven't actually set yet. Um Ooh. So,
1: keep an eye out on our um, Facebook page and/or Twitter. Um, we got a question from the audience this week actually about a sort of reading list recommendation oh, for um, yes. for um, our new, uh, new coming loony readers but we may even um, possibly leave that to flesh out maybe even next week
0: okay yeah that sounds good um, we'll come up with I oh, know as as we mentioned in the overview there are so many good arcs um, but maybe we can give a, a a smattering of you know particular issues in general hmm yeah. So okay, well um that's it for this week. Uh, you can as always catch us on um www.intothenightpodcast.wordpress.com. Uh we're also on Facebook, Into the Night,
1: uh, a moon Knight fan base. Over a 100 loony loony members, loony listeners yeah. getting in amongst there, some great discussion art posted all the time.
0: Oh definitely, and it's it's um yeah, it's great to see people posting up their art and their, their thoughts on, uh, on Moon Knight. I like the one, I think it was by Brian Cherry, who mentioned, uh, he had a question, where what happened to Frenchie's partner? Which is a very good question from yeah. the Houston run. Cause he just disappeared. Actually, he was a very interesting character. Um, but yeah, so keep them coming in, loonies. Uh, very good. We're also we also have a chat room called the Looney Bin. Um, I've posted up a link to that on our Facebook group, so you can now just click onto that and uh, dive right into discussions, basically about anything. Um, mostly Moon Knight, but uh, it can just run off on a tangent anywhere <laughs> um, uh, you can
1: um, email us at uh, moonnightpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com uh, send mm-hmm. us all feedback or questions we're happy to hear them or read them on the show or anything got our twitter handle at itkmoonnight
0: mm-hmm. and we're also available on any good um, podcast catcher like overcast uh, tune in which I think we've just been put on um, also uh, podbean Uh, and SoundCloud and just a a whole heap of others so um, check us out if you can uh, and give us a review actually that would be pretty cool Um, I've heard other podcasts ask for it Connor I don't think we've asked for one yet but uh, we've got a few out there but um, hit us up for a a review um, and that would be really really much appreciated
1: yeah and as always, catch us next week for more loony listen loony good times. we got we got Moon Night coming everywhere. We're your number one and only Moon Night podcast. So if you enjoyed us or first time here, we'll be here every week. Excellent. Um, and what was that? Do we have a closing statement? Do we have a closing statement? As you like to say, yeah. may Khonshu look after the denizens of the night.
0: Excellent. Catch you later.
1: Bye.